Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. Happy Monday if you're listening to this day of when it's uploaded. I wanted to make sure I got an intro in this week. I know past weeks have been a little bit spotty, but it's just been so crazy. People say that D2 winter semester is one of the toughest or the toughest semester, and I definitely could understand why. We're just very busy. There's always so much happening. There's always little assignments to complete, exams to be studying for, practicals, going in for all different kinds of labs, and I have absolutely loved all the labs, all the hands-on experiences, but it does take up a lot of time, and it does make it harder for me to carve out a little bit of time over the weekend right before the episode goes up. I do have episodes scheduled all the way through the end of May, including some solo episodes, but For now, we're just going to get into this episode with Diana Kim. She is a D3 at Stony Brook, just finishing up her third year, and we talk so much about wellness and mental health in dental school. We talk about being involved, but the main beginning part of the episode, before we get into all of that and we talk about her experience at Stony Brook, the whole beginning part is really about pre-dental topics. So it's about being a competitive applicant, setting yourself apart what to do if you don't have great statistics, great grades. And also, I think one of the other really big things is, I guess just we talked about it, confidence. Confidence is so important and it's really easy to fall into comparison, which is a topic that I've had episodes on in the past. And I think that Diana gives really great insight into being confident in your application, kind of selling your best self and different ways you can approach an application cycle depending on your unique circumstances. So I do hope that you all enjoy this episode and I will talk to you after. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Hi, everyone. So today we do have another guest, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Diana Kim, and I'm a third-year dental student at Stony Brook in New York. Um, I went to Northeastern University in Boston for college, and I took a gap year working at Vicon Dental Implant. Um, I'm pretty super, super passionate about pre-dental mentoring, and I actually have my own coaching program where I advise, guide, and mentor pre-dental students. So that's a little bit about myself. That's awesome. And we're definitely going to dive into a lot of the things you just mentioned, like the pre-dental advice and gap years and everything. But one thing I thought we could start with is for people listening that are pre-dents and preparing their application for this coming cycle, what are some things that you think are really important to make their application stand out? Sure. That's an awesome question. I think two things for me. I think getting a mentor is one of the biggest advice that I feel like I have for pre-dental students because dental students having gone for that, you know, the whole experience of applying, taking the DAT, you really need someone to support you, to be on your team, to give you advice and things like that. Um, The other thing is just 
being confident. I can't tell you how many pre-dental students undersell themselves on their application. So, you know, for the specific language that they use on the application or really underselling the things that they've done in college, I feel like those two things really go a long way. Do you have any examples? Would you say it's like your adjective choice or Mm -hmm. leaving out certain experiences? What do you think is some mistakes people make? Sure. So I think one specific thing comes to mind. Um, A lot of students are prepared um, to kind of talk about their experience on the pre-dental society, for example. So if someone is a secretary of the pre-dental society, a lot of times the adjectives that they use is kind of simple where it's like wrote emails during about meetings or took attendance, volunteered at clinic, you know, things like that. I feel like there's such a better way to describe the things that they've done. So something as simple as changing that to facilitated communication between the executive board and the members of the pre-dental society. Already, you're kind of describing a little bit more. You're still being honest, right? You're still being descriptive. Um, But it kind of puts a little bit more emphasis on, you know, the things that you've done, something a little bit more, you know, I, I just... I feel like I see a lot of it and a lot of students actually undersell themselves because they don't actually think they're really worthy and they don't have the experience. Um, So I think that that's a really good example. Something else that I feel like a lot of students think about is kind of being very negative about themselves. So not believing that they're a good applicant. I think the positive mindset such has such such a big difference on the application and how it shows up. Yeah, I could not agree more with that. I think, especially as the application cycle goes on, if you haven't had many interviews or something, people can get really Mm -hmm. discouraged. And I think that that negative self-talk can really bring you down when you are maybe finally get an interview or something if you don't feel worthy of going to that school or something. So I totally agree. Absolutely. And I think, you know, speaking to as many dental students as possible, because I'm, I'll be honest, I applied with three C's and a D and I didn't have that high of a GPA, you know, but sometimes when you share that information with other pre-dental students, they start to believe that they can get in the same way that, you know, I, for example, was able to get in. I didn't have perfect grades. I didn't have a perfect DAT. So just talking to other dental students, and allowing yourself to kind of be more flexible with the the stats that you're going in with um, and putting your best foot forward type of thing. So I always like to share that, not to, you know, brag or anything that I was still able to get in, but it's kind of inspirational, I'm hoping, um, because it took me a couple of, you know, students that shared that experience with me to be able to get that confidence for myself. Yeah, that's really great that you're, that you kept going and you still applied and you made your way in. Do you feel like if students are in similar boats, maybe where they have lower stats, is a gap year something that you feel like is necessary or is there a way that they can strengthen their application otherwise? Sure. So I think it really has to do with the fact that 
I believe that everyone's journey is just so different. And that is why I do work with students one-on-one, just because for one student, a gap year might be the best opportunity to use their time to expand their knowledge about dentistry in general. Um, And for others, maybe a post-bac program would be more helpful. For me, I took a gap year. I didn't feel like I was in the opportunity you know, in that optimal environment to both study for the DAT at the same time as writing my personal statement. So I decided to prepare everything that I could study for my DAT and apply the following cycle. But I also had the opportunity to work at a really great dental implant office where I feel like that year of that experience strengthened my application so much more that for me, it was worth it. So everyone is so different, but I think that doing a gap year gives you the time so that you're not as stressed out, just diving into that application cycle, but you take your time to really hone in on your skills, get more information about dentistry, and more importantly, take your time and put intentional effort into all of the different things that you need to get done for your application. So I think the timing of it is key. And for everyone, it is so different. Yeah, I totally agree. I figured that would sort of be your answer. Um, One other thing that you mentioned during talking about your gap year was working in the implant clinic. So that was a really Mm -hmm. great clinical experience that you gained that helped you with your application and just in general with your dental journey. I know some people have questions or different opinions about clinical experience, shadowing experience, whether or not that should be with a general dentist or a specialist, Mm -hmm. or if a certain amount should come from a certain category. What's your perspective on that? Sure, absolutely. So I think the trend right now is kind of this, um, that schools are really looking for a recommended number of 100 hours um, with general dentistry. And that's just recommended. I know they have 40 required. I think that 100 hours would be a good amount. And I do think that it needs to be for a general dentist. In the clinic that I was at, we actually had general dentists placing implants. So I didn't have any issues, you know, finding general dentists. But I do think that it's really important to have the general dentists during your shadowing hours, as well as, you know, branching out to other uh, specialties that you're interested in. But I do think that what they're looking for is the general dentistry. Yeah, I agree. That's the advice I give as well. At least have majority of your hours on your application come from a general dentist. But it is good to get exposure to different general dentist practices and specialties as well. But definitely training to become a general dentist. So that's what you want to spend most of your time on. Yeah. So another thing I was wondering about when it comes to mentoring or for Mm -hmm. pre-dents thinking about their application timeline, I guess, as an undergrad student, when do you think is a good time for a pre-dental student to work up to like work with a mentor or to start getting application advice? Do you think there's a certain time that's too early or maybe even too late? Sure. So I think that one of the things that I always like to mention is the role of the pre-health college advisor, right? So I feel that, you know, speaking with dental students and having a pre-health advisor are 
they fulfill two different roles for me. So you definitely need your pre-college, your pre-health college advisor to write your committee letter. You want them to know your, um, how passionate you are about dentistry. But because most of the time those counselors, advisors haven't gone through dental school, and that's not to say that's the case for everyone, but for my pre-health advisor, for example, they didn't go through dental school. So they didn't reapply through that whole process. So I find that both roles are really important um, and they serve different purposes, if that makes sense. So you can always start as early as first, second year, whenever you're trying to transition into this pre-dental journey. But I think talking to mentors who are in the dental profession, who are dental students, who are, you know, dentists in the field, as early, I would say, as you realize you want to become a dentist, that's probably when you want to start reaching out. Because I find that when you're vocal about your passion and your goals, and you're vocal about them with the people who are kind of in the position to open up more opportunities, then you're able to, you know, get more opportunities to shadow and get more guidance from them after you've expressed to them that you're interested in going to dental school. So I find that the earlier, the better. But if someone is listening and, you know, they're kind of maybe a third year, maybe a fourth year that just realized they wanted to go into dentistry, I would say as soon as they know, that would be the perfect time to reach out to dental students, dentists out there. Anyone in the field is really going to be able to help you really well. Awesome. Thank you for that. So I would also love to hear about your personal application process, your interviews, maybe um, how you thought different schools went or when you got accepted, just so people have a bit of a perspective about different timelines, I guess, for the application cycle. Sure, absolutely. So I am class of 2022. So I applied 2017. And I took the DAT Um, And then I applied the following cycle. So for me, because like I mentioned, I had a lower GPA, I applied to 13 schools. So that is a little bit more than I would say the average, but that's what I needed to kind of be confident that I would get into a school this cycle. Um, So I would say definitely saving up money, being able to work during that time really helps me, um, you know, actually apply. And I didn't feel like, I had um, any financial, I guess, challenges when it comes to applying to 13 schools, but that had a lot to do with planning ahead of time, having a job during my gap year and things like that. In terms of the application, I was fortunate um, to, you know, have an interview in five different schools. And I think for me, the biggest advice is really listening to your own guts, I think, and kind of the the inside you just know when you go to a school and I know everyone's doing virtual interviews now but you just know because I got into a couple of schools that I thought were very prestigious and I thought that it would be very like I would be very proud to go to those schools right but at the end of the day when you 
think about the things that you're looking for, whether it be clinical exposure, research, community service, you really have to not think about what would be cool to get into or would be prestigious to get into and really think about whether that school has all of the things that you're looking for in a dental school. So I think being really honest with yourself, I know that seems kind of vague, but I think that once you're in that position to be able to choose, you really have to ask yourself, what you're looking for in a dental school. And I feel like I really made the right choice by coming to Stony Brook. That's a perfect transition. I was wondering what are some of the things that made you choose Stony Brook? Like what are some of your favorite things about the program so far? Sure, absolutely. So I was able to do a pre-dental program at Stony Brook where you're working side by side with the faculty, the student mentors. Um, And so that's, I believe, like a five-day type of intensive course. Um, And at that point, it gave me an understanding of what the faculty is like, what the facilities are like. And for me, that makes a big difference. For me, if I can't see myself being somewhere, then I... I, I don't, I don't like, I feel like I need a goal and my, by being there firsthand as a pre-dental student and interacting with all of the faculty, I had a feeling that I would really be happy in the school. So I don't know if listeners know, but Stony Brook is actually, we have 44 students in our class. So it's, it's quite small. And I do really, really like that. It gives me an opportunity to enjoy the things that I like to do. So I'm very involved with extracurricular activities. So there's plenty of activities, organizations, executive board positions to go around with such a small school. And I think that, I personally think the administration really does listen. I sit on a lot of meetings and I feel like the administration really listens to the things that we have to say and are receptive to the solutions that we propose when it comes to clinical education, didactic courses. And I think that that has to do a lot with our class size. So for me, that's really important. We have a really strong digital technology curriculum, and we have a lot of great faculty who are really willing to mentor you through the way and kind of be that person that you can talk to. So I really like it for those reasons. And I kind of knew because I went as a pre-dental on this really short program at Stony Brook. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. Any of those pre-dental days or those summer programs at the dental schools are incredible experiences for pre-dents to get a feel for the school, but also just like to understand that you want to do dental school because it really kind of puts you in that Um, perspective for a little bit. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, Another thing that I guess you mentioned with all the things you like about Stony Brook, of course, but if there's anyone listening that that's kind of like their dream program, what advice would you have for them? Like, what are some of the things that Stony Brook values in the students that they're admitting? Sure. Um, That's such a great question. I think that every one of my classmates, and I do have to say that I feel like our class is the best class. We're really collaborative. And I think that that has to do a lot with our leadership. So we have a class president and a vice president, and we have a full board of people who kind of represent our class. 
Um, I think that if anyone is interested in going to Stony Brook, I would say interacting as much as you can with different dental students from Stony Brook, because those are people who are also going to be interviewing you as a D3 during your interview and having more familiar faces to talk to. It's it's kind of opening the door to finding out more information about the school. So I think Stony Brook really values a collaborative student, one who's focused on community service, and I think someone who brings something special to the to the class. So I can think of several students who are really involved with research, for example. I know several students who are out of state and have experience with a postback program. So I think that our class has a little bit of every kind of applicant. So if someone's interested in going to Stony Brook, don't, you know, copy the person next next door. You would definitely kind of hone in on the things that you're really good at and strengthen your application by highlighting those strengths um, and being as unique as possible. But I think that if you're meant to go to Stony Brook, you will get in. Um, So it kind of has to do a lot with how you present yourself on the application. Yeah, I could not agree more. I feel like our dental school as well, they everyone in our class just fits into a little niche Mm -hmm. so perfectly that And there's just different, just such a diverse group of people. Yes, like backgrounds wise, but just also people's interests and personalities. And I think that's what the dental schools are trying to do. They want to bring all these different students together that can work very well together. So exactly like you said, not trying to be whatever you think the perfect dental applicant Mm -hmm. is, really just trying to be your best version of yourself, I think is really what helps you get into dental school. So I totally agree. Absolutely. And if it's meant to be, it it will be for sure. So we got a little sidetracked there, but <laughs> talking about dental school just for a few moments more, could you tell me a little bit about your extracurriculars that you're involved in and how those have been for you? Sure, absolutely. So it's funny because for me, extracurriculars are not extra by definition. I love all of the organizations that I'm part of. So I am on the cabinet for District 2 for ASDA, and I was actually recently um, selected to be a national board member um, for a council on membership. So that's what I'll be doing next year. I'm also involved with AGD, which Haley, I believe you're also part of. I heard that on one of your episodes as well. And the alumni board, um, those are the the main things that I'm really involved with as well as ClubCAD, which is um, a digital technology type of club that is on campus. So again, I really love doing these things like reaching out to speakers, writing emails, you know, organizing events, those things that are, those light me up. Those are things that I love to do. Um, And so that's why I'm able to kind of balance it all. I think that sometimes I have to make a intentional, I guess, decision to focus on the extracurriculars because those make me really happy. Um, And then, of course, during those times, you know, I may not study as much for an exam. But for me, if I can see myself, you know, doing an event that I feel like can serve so many different dental students and it gives me a chance to network with other dentists, speakers and things like that, for me, it's worth worth all the time that I put in 
um, instead of studying for that one quiz that's worth like 5%, you know? So for me, extracurricular is not extra. I spend a lot of time doing that. And I love the leadership skills that I've been able to learn through all of these organizations in very different ways. Yeah, I think we're very similar on that. I love being involved in like all different kinds of organizations. And it's so great that dentistry has organized dentistry, even when we graduate, like ASDA Mm -hmm. becomes ADA and you can be a part of AGD as a dentist. So it's cool that we'll be able to do this like forever. I think it's very exciting. Absolutely. And I'm just glad that, you know, our school has the opportunity for me to pursue the things that I want to. And like I said, I know we go, we are in a really small school, but I think there's plenty of positions, plenty of events to go to. There's plenty of all of that to go around. So if that's your passion, you definitely want to do that first year, I would say. Um, I've had a lot of first years that reached out to me and, you know, they say, oh, I really want to get involved. And just by them telling me that I'm able to kind of send them events that I hear of, you know, and tell them, oh, these e-board members are looking for a D1 rep. And so, like I said, it's so important to voice out your goals and things to people who are involved because then they can open up more doors for you. And for me, it's such a snowball effect. I went to one, um, I think as a pre-gen, I went to one leadership conference that was hosted by ASDA. And, you know, that one leadership conference is the reason why that I'm so involved with ASDA. So it's like a ball rolling type of effect. Mm -hmm, For sure. So these organizations also, like you said, are great for networking uh, with other dental students, but also with dental professionals. But that is a lot harder now that everything's virtual for these past few months and probably for a while longer. Do you have any advice for networking during the pandemic? Sure. So I find that a lot of dental students and pre-dents are focusing a lot of their energy on, I guess, maybe being a little negative about the loss of opportunities that they have during quarantine, during the pandemic. And I think that one of the key things that has helped me in my, you know, mental health and wellness aspect of dental school is this idea of focusing on the things that you can control and not focusing on the things that you can't. So when it comes to networking advice, my biggest advice is showing up. And by that, I mean via Zoom. So there are so many events that our school puts on. And I know just by looking at Zoom, the same familiar faces that have their videos on, that ask questions, that sign up for events. And it may not seem like that, but people are noticing. So the same way as a president of AGD, I notice the students that constantly show up For me, that makes all the difference because the most that you can do to show your involvement is showing up. And even if that's a form of a participant on Zoom right now, I think that that would be the biggest key. So spending less energy thinking about the things that you can't do or the amount of hands-on experiences that you won't have as, you know, a D1 or D2 because of the new scheduling during the pandemic, but thinking really more about the things that you can control. And that's saying yes to the things that serve you. So going to the events that, you know, really fit in with your career goals and saying no to the things that, you know, you feel like you're pressured to go to, things like that. But I think networking-wise, showing up, 
utilizing social media. I think social media has a lot of great qualities if you use it well and properly, I would say. Um, I can't tell you how many different dentists I've gotten to know. Um, actually, through your podcast, Dr. Lee, I reached out to him and I just introduced myself, told him that I'm interested in going to Boston maybe in the future. And that's kind of the ball started rolling and I've had great conversations with him. So just showing up and just asking questions, I think the biggest thing that anyone can do right now. Yeah, I completely agree. And so many dentists are so willing to help. And like anyone you reach out to, whether it's a dental student or a dentist, if they're on social media already, like they're so willing to answer your questions or get on a call and chat with you. So I think people, like you said, are discouraged, which is understandable, but there's so many opportunities and virtually, yes, you can get on Zooms and everything. But one thing that I think is really cool about that is I've at least had the opportunity to interact with people from further around the country than maybe I normally would if it, if events were in person. So I've had the chance to really like broaden the groups of people that I've been interacting with. And I know even for pre-dental students, for example, all those like summer sessions or those pre-dental days that we were talking about, usually mm-hmm. you could only really go to ones that were driving distance of where you lived or something, but now they're on they're virtual. So you could go to one that's across the country without spending money on a flight or something crazy. So there are some advantages that I hope people try to look at the positive notes for some things. Absolutely. And not taking things personally when, you know, maybe you do send a private message to a dentist and let's say they don't answer. They're not answering because maybe they're busy or maybe they haven't seen your message. I think that it's important to remember that it's not personal when it comes to that. And I think that it's a lot easier to send a private message than it is to walk up to a dentist at a conference while, you know, they're already talking to like six other dentists. So there's a little bit of flexibility in terms of actually connecting with people. And also, like you mentioned, you save a lot of money with the lack of travel there is right now. So people don't see it as a good thing. I think being able to interview at more schools is a huge plus. People that are not able to afford, you know, some of the flights going to different schools and whatnot have the opportunity to interview at different dental schools and have a shot at going to that school. So there's definitely a lot of plus with the pandemic. Yes, definitely. And I guess speaking on the context of trying to be positive when things are really rough, like dental school can be really rough. I know the last thing we wanted to talk about was Mm -hmm. wellness, personal wellness, mental, physical. Could you talk a little bit how that has been important to you during dental school? Absolutely. I love talking about this because this is um, a journey for me. It's one that I'm going through right now. And I think that being able to reflect on it, share my story and kind of hopefully inspire others is just the most that I can do. And it makes me really happy to do so. So I started out um, my first two years of dental school. I feel like dental school, although great moments, overall, I felt very stressed, very anxious, very burnt out. Um, And I felt like the first two years, I don't know if you know what I mean, but it's kind of like you're on autopilot and you're studying because you feel like you have to. You feel like you have to stay busy. And if you are not studying, then you're like, 
like supposed to be studying this constant state of being in this sympathetic state that people talk about. So first two years, I kind of felt like I neglected my nutrition. So I used to eat out a lot because I wanted to maximize my studying on physical health. I didn't work out as much. I didn't, you know, stretch as much as I did and didn't really focus on my sleep as well. So that was kind of the first two two years and it flew by. This state of not really being present, not feeling like you have a lot of control of, you know, what's happening. Like you're just kind of like zooming through life and letting it go by. So more importantly, which I definitely wanted to talk about is this idea that I feel like I neglected my spinal health. So I know that, you know, for those that are start, starting sim lab right now i'm guilty of not using indirect vision and rushing through projects and now i have back and neck pain at age 26 so at the beginning of quarantine i actually want to give a shout out to um dr bridget which is a um this inspiring individual <laughs> who's a dentist she graduated nyu um and i came across her page where during quarantine she shared weekly talks through ig live with her wellness coach and she talked a lot about some things that resonated with me things like managing stress being a perfectionist prioritizing yourself not people pleasing and, you know, really focusing on her own health journey. So that's part of her story. I definitely encourage everyone to kind of look into her, read about her and long story short, now I work with her wellness coach. And so I realized that one semester, one project of being over your mannequin and not following um, proper ergonomics doesn't make you feel like you're doing anything bad. But when you consolidate and put all of those individual times where you're not sitting upright and you're hunched over your computer, things like that, that really manifests itself into having real issues. And it was really during quarantine where I decided to, you know, eat healthier to reduce inflammation and sleep better to, you know, be able to be more present and not groggy in the mornings. And, you know, I feel like I had to have that realization that I've been neglecting my physical, emotional, mental, whatever health. And it took me some time to realize that. And now I'm have more than halfway done with school. And I just want to share the, I guess, share the message that dental school doesn't have to be as stressful, but there are very specific things that you need to implement in order to have a great experience where you're, you know, really focusing on your wellness. So for me, I had to have a wake up call where I realized I need to eat better, sleep better, uh, study better. So for me, that was a turning point and meeting Dr. Bridget through Instagram and her wellness coach, um, her hashtag is the Sunday self. So I think for me, that was huge. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really appreciate you being honest about your struggles and giving us some advice and some things to look into that we can hopefully implement earlier than you did and save ourselves a little bit of Absolutely. back and neck pain. <laughs> So I feel like we covered a lot already today, but do you have any final words of advice or closing thoughts that you want to leave for the listeners? 
Sure. So I think my biggest thing is really mentorship. Um, I, I know this really great quote. It, it goes something like a mentor is someone who sees more talent and ability in you than you see for yourself or something like that. And I think that that's really powerful because students sometimes are too scared to reach out. Um, and sometimes students are too shy to reach out or too nervous. And if you're listening, I encourage you to ask questions and definitely realize that you're not the only one. Um, and so reaching out to students who are willing to help is probably the, the biggest thing that I would say. Um, and then other than that, I think, first of all, I feel like Haley, you're doing such a great job with this podcast because Looking back, when I applied to dental school, I did not have these resources, these really important resources that pre-dental students have now. And I think that that would have made all the difference in my, I guess, pre-dental journey and how confident I would be going in. So when you talk about, you know, mental health or when you're talking about how to get involved early um, and have all of these great speakers on your podcast, that's things that people just three, four years ago didn't really have as much of. So just taking more advantage of those opportunities, I think would be also a really big thing for me. Oh, well, thank you for speaking so highly of the podcast. Yeah, I totally agree. There's so many resources out there. So I do encourage everyone listening to take advantage of them. And there's resources for all stages, whether you're a pre-dental student, whether you're in dental school, whether you're looking into residencies, whether you're trying to get jobs, there's different resources online and mentors available for all stages. So yeah, I agree. I totally encourage people to get involved. So lastly, <laughs> um, if people are interested in your mentorship services or just have a quick question for you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I am pretty big on Instagram and my hashtag is Diana Kim underscore future period DDS. And that's kind of my professional page where I share, you know, my daily struggles daily wins. Honestly, I feel like I've been focusing a lot on celebrating my wins. At first, when I started the page, I really felt a little strange. Like, does it feel like I'm I'm being too much sharing this? You know, things like that. But I've had such great conversations with pre-dental students. And I've met so many people that I was able to connect with that I really do feel like I have things to share. And people do like to hear like the unfiltered version of what goes on in dental school. And the best way to do that is to interact with people in social media. And I do really think that even though there are so many like disadvantages of the number of hours that people spend on social media, I think there's also so many different benefits. Um, so if anyone is interested, I do mock interviews and I work with students on a monthly basis where we meet once a month and we set specific goals um, and we work on those and follow up because I find that mentoring is only really as effective as it could be when it's done over a long period of time and there's a follow-up opportunity to talk about, you know, the goals that you have set for yourself, but also give them an opportunity to 
reflect on whether they've achieved those goals or what a mentor can do to further support them. So things like that are some of the things that I work on um, doing, you know, overall comprehensive application reviews and really highlighting the strengths, recognizing your weaknesses and really working on becoming more confident. I think that that's one of the biggest things that I work with. Uh, with pre-dental students. And I'm just really happy to be doing that. Honestly, I feel like that's my purpose in life. Honestly, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. Like as long as I got into dental school, I've always been helping people. And now I kind of do it a little bit more in a formal setting. Um, So I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to meet so many pre-dental students. Awesome. Well, I hope people take you up on that opportunity because I know you have a lot of great insight to give them. And it's so great that you're so dedicated and committed and you have that monthly check-in with people. But I do think that's everything we want to talk about today. I just want to thank you again so much for your time. Thank you, Haley. I, from the bottom of my heart, like, thank you so much for doing this. Um, having me on here. And I do hope that we were able to inspire some pre some dental students to stay well. And if anyone has any questions, totally feel free. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Alrighty, that is the end of this episode. Be sure to check out Diana's Instagram if you are interested in connecting with her or utilizing any of the services that she offers for pre-dental students. Next week, we're going to be joined with another guest. It is Dr. Caroline, and she is a debt management specialist. So I do have some requests to talk about more financial aspects of dentistry and student life. So I am looking for someone that's an expert in student loan debt, dental school debt, and they're willing to come on and talk about that. But this episode will be more specifically geared toward wealth management as a whole and building passive income, paying off debt, kind of strategizing when to invest, when to pay off debt, and also talking about the services that she offers as a debt management specialist and how she was able to get out of that very quickly as a dentist. So that's going to be coming up next week. And lastly, I did just want to plug for our Facebook group, Dental Download Facebook group. There is a group me going for applicants of this current cycle coming up in June. And there is also a group me for people that are taking their DAT this summer or soon. And then in general, it's just a forum for you to post questions, get answers, introduce yourself, connect if you're on a little dental Instagram page or something, if you want to share your page and get more followers, it's a platform to do that. And actual last thing is a reminder that the giveaway that I'm doing for 3,000 subscribers over on YouTube is currently live. That ends on the night of April 3rd. I'm going to pick the winner that evening. So make sure you go ahead and enter. You enter through YouTube by commenting your Instagram username on the YouTube video. That way I can message you on Instagram and send you a thank you. Also be sure to follow my own Instagram at Haley Schultz underscore YT because I'm also going to be doing a giveaway on 
there after I hit 2,000 subscribers on Instagram. And of course, you already know the podcast specifically, this community, what you're listening to, our Instagram is just at Dental Download Podcast, if you didn't know that. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I will talk to you next Monday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.